Hey everybody, thanks for checking out this week's episode of My First Sketch at MyFirstSketch.com. I'm Josh Hyam. As always, feel free to subscribe to the show on iTunes or on SoundCloud and get it automatically. If you use the Stitcher app, the show is also listed there, so you listen there. You can like the podcast on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MyFirstSketch. My email is Josh at MyFirstSketch.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at MyFirstSketch. Remember... My first sketch will have a live recording during Philly Podfest, July 23rd at 4.30 p.m. It's a Sunday afternoon at the Philly Improv Theater's second stage. My guests that day will be the incredible, shrinking Matt and Jackie. It'll be fantastic fun, and I hope you come out. Tickets are available, and there are links up on the Facebook page. But today's guest is Brian Durkin, currently the host of the podcast Full Belly Laughs, and the creator and editor of the website, FullBellyLaughs.com. His first sketch is called The Interview. Brian Durkin reads as Brad, and Mike Dieva reads as Jordan, the person interviewing for the job. And then, of course, I give all the visual information that you need to know. So, let's go to the sketch. Interior office conference room day. Jordan taps the heel of his foot while sitting alone. Uh, Brad bursts through the door, a laptop under his arm. Hello, Jordan? Jordan jumps up from the table. They shake hands. Hi, I'm Brad. You're here for the marketing manager role. Yeah, uh, uh, yes, yes I am. Great, so let's get started. He opens the laptop. How do you like this email I'm about to send to my boss? He spins the laptop so it faces him. I want to convey that I'm on top of this project, but I don't want him to ask any questions because I'm really terrible at my job. Confused, Jordan reads the email. Please go ahead and change uh, that needs that needs it. Uh, should I be reading this? Uh, you signed the NDA, right? Yeah. Perfect. Then don't worry about it. P- fix that email for me, please. Jordan looks wide-eyed at the laptop, then begins to type. Brad kicks his feet up on the table. Here at Covenant, we put our candidates through a rigorous process. In the tech world, we care about acquiring the best talent. Jordan spins the laptop around. Uh, How's this? Brad Brad reads the new email. Excellent. In the future, though, just hit send. I really don't need to be bothered by looking at this. Click send. Now draft up this email to my wife, telling her I'll take the couch if she takes the dining set. Jordan Jordan scrunches up with a puzzled look. How does this have anything to do with the job I'm applying for? Well, I can tell you this. None of the other applicants had any complaints about the process. Jordan takes the email. Jordan takes the laptop back. He starts writing a new email. Her address is Carol Davitt, that's two T's at Gmail. What should I ask you next? Jordan looks up from the laptop. Excuse me? Imagine if you were me interviewing you for this accounts payable position. What would you ask? I guess I'd ask about my experience, make sure I can balance the books. Splendid. Great idea. So, wait, did you finish that email yet? Yes. Jordan clicks the button. 
Cool. Well, I know you're experienced. The work you did for the prompt we sent you was fantastic. The client loved it. The client? Oh, yeah. That was a real project. We needed to complete it. Thank you for helping us meet that deadline. Okay. So am I hired? Is this my first day? No, no. Susan from HR will reach out to you after today about the next steps. Will you pay me for that work on the prompt? Pay you? This isn't contract work. It's an interview process. Fade to black. Hey, Brian. Hey, Josh. All right, so tell me about this idea. Where did it come from? Uh, this idea came from the fact that for a good year and a half, I was on unemployment and like hunting for a job and that unemployment ran out and I did a bunch of crazy gigs and it was just very frustrating. Uh, like the kind of work I do is related to marketing and content strategy and creating emails and stuff. <laughs> so I started to get kind of paranoid that there was a lot of jobs I was close for and like submitted like writing samples that were like custom to the interview process mm. and then never heard back and i'm like is this like a scam like <laughs> that all these agencies are in on so you were totally worried that you were get you were doing free work for yeah everywhere that you were applying for basically yeah exactly so um and just in general like the whole rigmarole of like applying for a job is yeah. like kind of silly yeah uh and what prompted you to write this like you you were mentioning that. The Sketch 101? Like this yes. Is so, yeah, I wrote this in Sketch 101. Um, I was volunteering at FIT, Philly Improv Theater at the time, and uh, I used my free class money Some to take free this. Free class swag. Yeah, because that's why I was volunteering, because <laughs> I didn't have a job. So, um, I had a, plenty of extra time and not extra dollars. Right. Um, so, yeah, this was, I believe, the first sketch that I wrote in there. There were some other ideas and sketches I wrote, but this is the uh, one I still have. Who was... Joe Moore. Joe Moore was your instructor. Always fun to have Joe Moore. Mm -hmm. uh, was there anyone else in the class that's doing stuff in the scene now? Probably. <laughs> uh, one would hope. Uh, I know I didn't. I ended up having like a lot of conflicting dates for some reason. Okay. Like I remember being in like match. Uh, Schmidt's class a couple times. Oh, uh, so you would so substitute out. Yeah, and then I also like wasn't there like the final day of class because okay. I had like some other gigs. It's like, um, it's kind of wonky. Yeah, there's like it's a blur of who I was actually in class okay. with. Um, all right. So, uh, where does your comedy fandom start? Where what what are you into? What made you laugh growing up? Ooh. Um. Well, when I was really little, I watched cartoons. Like uh, what? <laughs> um, like Cartoon Network stuff. Um, I remember like Dexter's Lab and okay. Powerpuff Girls and stuff and a lot of Looney Tunes when I was even younger. Uh, but yeah, like uh, definitely a product of like watching a ton of Comedy Central. Mm. So like early episodes of Mystery Science Theater and like the original a few seasons of like Comedy Central Presents. Like I remember like Lewis Black and like Greg Fitzsimmons and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I didn't have cable growing up. Mm. So I have very little experience with Mystery Science Theater 3000. Like I've only seen a couple of the episodes of, you know, of the old group. Mm -hmm. And I've watched most of this new return series 
I don't think I get it. Hey, that's okay. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I felt it's funny. I shared this when I was in sketch class, and uh, people were like in awe. But I actually, it, it was a very long time for me to like appreciate sketch because mm-hmm. like I felt that way when I was like in middle school. Okay, and my nerdy friends were like super nerdy about sketch comedy, like SNL and like mm-hmm. Kids in the Hall. So I, I actually got like teased. <laughs> For like not, not watching Kids in the Hall. Because <laughs> I, I would have been one of those nerdy kids because like <laughs> when I discovered Saturday Night Live and I started watching it, I full on nerded out. Like I went straight like hard into it. Um, all right. So all right. So but explain to me, Mission Science Theater Three. Like what's the appeal for you? What, what the appeal for me is? I I wait, just right, wait, like. For, well, were uh, you? Um, let, let's just do timeline. Were you more of a? Is it Mike? What What's the Joel Hodgson and yeah, he's a Mike Nelson. Guy. Is that uh, the, the I'm second not, host? I'm not a big. Oh, the new host is Jonah Ray. No, no, like, but there was like in the original series, Joel did it for a while, and then there was another Mike Nelson. Okay, so yeah. were you all Joel? Like, you I'm not that deep to like okay. to nerd out like right. that. Sorry. Okay, so that's fine. Never mind. Now right. I've lost everyone that listens <laughs> to the show. <laughs> so you just watched it. It, it, it wasn't a okay. That's but fine. it, it, I really enjoyed it because it was so different from anything else I was watching. Right. And I still look back on it as like an example on how like you can do something really funny and it might not necessarily fit in this like cookie cutter box right. of like you have to do sketch this way or you have to do stand up this way or something. I think part of my, my thing of it now that I think about it uh, is that that idea has been so done. Mm. Like that was the, it, that was the first, but now there's riff shows in every city. Like yeah. it's a live thing. They've taken it like, that group has splintered into like three different things to do three different tours. There's podcasts making fun of bad stuff all the time. Like, yeah. So maybe th- I think that's more of my, yeah, not quite a version to it, but like where I'm just not on board yet. Yeah. I hear you. I think I just appreciate the, like the ad lib feel of it. And yeah. like, there's something, it just speaks to me. Like, I think I, like I love hosting my podcast because I kind of get to do the same thing, like riff on conversations right. and stuff. So I think that's just uh, a kind of comedy I really enjoy. And because it's funny, because I'm I have like a bittersweet relationship because I love the comedy, but I also can almost never watch an episode in a full sitting because the movie is still terrible. Yeah, like I still hate that I'm watching. Uh, that movie. I I watched a couple of that new series of like. The, why are they doing this to themselves? Like, yeah, this movie is so so bad. Which like, I've only seen like the first two so far. So, Cry Wilderness and Reptilicus. <laughs> Which what, what, uh, that that one? The, That's um, like the very first. The one. Reptilicus was just like, what is happening with my life right now? Yeah. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> it's so bad. Like, it's so um, bad. All right. So you mentioned that your nerdy friends in middle school caught on to sketch comedy before you did. What? kicked it for you what what got you to sketch comedy like uh so before i actually got into comedy i like did some soul searching and like wanted to be a writer for a while okay i don't think that's necessarily not true but i'm not like as hard on it as i was many years ago um and my focus was screenwriting so like Mm -hmm. because i don't like to read books but i've always liked to write which was like a conundrum for me but then i realized yes i realized you could write movies and i'm like oh that's (laughs) where i'm at that's both things you know i can write it and not have to read it and um yeah so then when i started taking comedy seriously and getting really into comedy like 
uh, I was been doing stand-up and the podcast and improv, and I was like finally ready to get over that fear of like being teased. I'm like, I'm gonna do sketch comedy. There's no reason not to. Like, right. I have ideas that work in this format, and I have a screenwriting background, so it's like even easier to pick up the medium in a way. You'd hope. You would think, yeah. So it's like, like I wasn't hung up with like Celtics, you know what I mean, or like the f- actually getting it on paper. Yeah. Um. All right. So where where does a uh, well. I'll, I'll, Saturday Night Live, I always talk about Saturday Night Live. Everyone gets to ask the same question. Who's your favorite Saturday Night Live cast member? Oh, man. Um, it's really tough. I'm going to go with... I'm going to say Norm MacDonald's Weekend Update. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is is that the first weekend update that you experienced like maybe growing up although i remember watching the reruns and i, I remember being going back and forth between like him and like dennis miller i think yeah. so uh, between the two but i saw something about their style but that would have been like the live era was that the library that you start watching or when it was on at saturday nights or no i never i never stayed up to watch it on yeah, saturday no, okay. nights. so it would have been like so, uh, reruns all refund reruns yeah and centrals um Okay, Norm Macdonald gets a lot of play, and yeah, there's something like very. He just he just seemed to not care, like yeah, which I identify with because like I hate the news, yeah. so I like that there was like this air of like he didn't even want to report this nonsense. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, like, he like, and I think he's he said in uh, like interviews and stuff about the process, where we're just like we're making fun of the news, so let's completely make fun of the news, like. Where he's just like, there's a, I know there's a clip around of just him like smoking a cigarette while he's doing it, like not caring at all. Like, um, the one joke that I love, I love it so much, and I'm sure people are gonna get on me for it. Where he talks about, uh, there's something about there's a pie chart and something about women, and it's like like. Uh, oh, you'll notice that the math on this pie chart is wrong because it was done by a woman. <laughs> And everyone like groans, and he's like, "That joke was written by a woman, so now you don't know what to think." Like, <laughs> like he just like kept going on and on with it, like. Um, and then like all the stuff with, uh, uh, I th- I think his interplay with characters when like he didn't do it as much as other people, but like when he when, you know, the other people would come out to do their their one head, like he's just like, "All right, yeah, that's this is what we're doing." Like, yeah, there's. There's just no care given whatsoever. Like, there's just, like, total anarchy for that 10 minutes of the show. Um, all right, so you mentioned had to, what came first to performing for you. Was it stand-up, improv, or stand-up or improv? Like, because you mentioned doing stand-up improv. Yeah, uh, stand-up is true first. I tried stand-up, like, six years ago or something like that. Do you remember your first, like, stand-up joke? I didn't really have a joke. I tried to, like, to tell a story in oh, okay. five minutes. So you were, okay. Um, which is not the right way to approach it at all. But I had a good sex. I think enough people in the audience, like it's all comics. And mm-hmm. I think enough of them knew it was my first time before I went up there. Mm-hmm. So I think they kind of like pumped me up more than I deserved. Where it was that Urban Saloon? Okay. Before that moved to like Ortlieb's now. Right. Uh, which is funny because like a, a couple, two, three years ago, whatever, when I like was taking it seriously and like really given an honest try like i actually ended up going back to like, the very same room mm-hmm. which was very like a nice little like story <laughs> bookend just yeah like just full yeah. circle kind yeah of thing. and then i i like that i bombed real hard that was horrible <laughs> but i was in a place in my life where like i just felt really uninspired and uncreative and like hated the day job i was doing so i just 
Yeah. I didn't I didn't care that I bombed. I wanted to get better. And I also still had that I technically did have that like first time going up like yeah. success. So uh but I got I, I did stand up because I knew I wanted to have a comedy podcast and I was like, Well, I should learn how to be funny. <laughs> uh, so that that it might maybe I go on stage and try and tell jokes as a start, <laughs> and then uh, and then you mentioned doing uh, improv. Like, did you do the classes through? Yeah, I did the classes through Philly Improv Theater. Did I you t- do the whole? I didn't do the whole track because the like I think it was the day after my, the first day of like two oh one. I like lost my job or something okay. like that. So like that's what slowed that down. But also, I did not have a good experience in two oh one. I really did not enjoy. Like I'm, I hope uh, everyone at the who did okay, who was your, who was your 101 teacher? <laughs> My 101 teacher was Joel Thomas. Was I, that a positive? That, that was incredible. I was like hook, line, and sinker on improv. I was okay. like, this is therapy. You're in. Yeah, yeah. I was so in. I was like, this is because I used to uh, see all these like CBT and like mindfulness therapists and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, they would give me homework assignments I would never do. I'm like, I'm not practicing breathing exercises like this sucks <laughs> but like the one-on-one class the way that it would like just it shaped out like that group and that teacher it was all that like living the moment yes ending just like go with the flow like be yourself don't overanalyze and be anxious and i was like oh this was what <laughs> all my therapists were trying to, to get me to understand so it was like it was awesome and then 201 was i think like uh a little too I liked the seriousness because I want I do want to be a better actor, but it's a weird transition because you got like still like twenty five to fifty percent of the class is like accountants that were like, oh, one of one was really fun, right, right, and they're not ready to like ramp up. There's that that varying level of seriousness, like, yeah. Uh, where I always say with with my sketch of one on one class when I did a couple years ago, uh, there were five of us that were like, we want to do this. We want to be on stage, and then there's five who's like, ha, 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 "I'm gonna make a little jokey joke, like, yeah, wah, wah. yeah." And, and you could tell the difference of like, we're serious, like we're you know nose to the paper trying to do it. Yeah, and I think that's like uh, not so bad in sketch because you're kind of off on your own islands. So you just like help right. read, do table right. reads and when you're stuck in a room on stage, you know, yeah. on a makeshift stage with seven, eight other people. And yeah, a couple of them aren't as serious as you are. Like, yeah, it's brutal to do like pickup scenes with someone that's just like, like not making it easy to like work together. It that episode of The Office where Michael Scott, you see Michael Scott's improv class. Have you ever seen that? Mm, I didn't see that episode. It's like episode. It's season two or three, and he his uh his approach to improv is my worst fear of everything. And it's and that's and that's what you're supposed to be. Like that's how they wrote it. Where he comes every improv scene, he's busting through a door, boom! Detective Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, he's got guns for everything. Yeah. Every scene, he has a gun, <laughs> no matter what was happening. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like two other people are like making, like, are in a restaurant making dinner. Boom! I hear there's drugs here. Like, it's just so <laughs> stupid. Like, and that's always my worst nightmare about improv is there's gonna be that person. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. So you do this. You do a couple improv classes. You do the sketch classes, but you mentioned podcasting is your yeah was your goal was your end line yeah. So you have full belly laughs. Yep. Uh, where where do we start with this? How does that come about? What's the idea germination for you? Oh sure. So I was uh, out to brunch with one of my best friends, Brittany, and this was like right before I jumped into doing comedy, and I'm I was feeling very uninspired and. 
years ago I used to have like a serious like board gaming blog and had all these strategy articles and stuff and um that was cool but I didn't want to do that again cuz it was like a ton of work like <laughs> uh, <laughs> cuz like when you feel depressed about your life you're you're like kind of motivated but you also like have no energy cuz yeah. like your life is so draining so I, we're sitting there eating, and I'm just like, man, these food bloggers, they just have it so good. They just eat, just eat and, and then they stuff. talk about it. And they, so, like, I could do that. Um, but I, I at least had the foresight to be like, well, I'm not going to be, like, the next guy giving stars, like, in the Inquirer or something. Yeah. You know, like, like, who the hell am I? And I'm like, well, I'm a, a kind of a funny dude, so it's like, maybe I'll just do, like, the anti-food blog. Sure. Like, it'll just be the pa- – like, it'll be, like – the reductress of food or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's where it kind of, that's where like the idea kind of started. And then I was like, at the same time, I was like getting way more into listening to podcasts. And I was like, oh, this totally could be like a podcast yeah. too. Uh, because the podcast, as I listen, the few episodes I've listened to, uh, you talk about food for a bit and you, there's always, there's, is there always some kind of this versus that discussion? Nah, yeah, or usually. So there's usually like the topic is typically a this versus that because it's just really easy for like fans yeah. to like write in their opinion. But there's other times where it'll be like best burger in the, in the mm-hmm. city or something like that. Actual honest to god recommendations and yeah. like, uh, and then you play a board game for a bit. Yeah, so it's like a di- the show is like a dinner party meets like a board games. Like uh, we used to, the meal used to kind of be on the show too, but it's tough to edit out chewing. So. Yeah. Because uh, you always hear whenever there's like podcasts about like mouth noises and chewing and like no one likes that. And yeah. As I'm here with a drink, a giant thing of water, and I'm always moving my mic all the way across the room to make sure <laughs> that no one hears me drinking. Yeah, um, we we had a fun riff on one of the episodes where we were talking about that because I had like a like a plate of nachos out. So then for like a good cool four minutes, we we're just making. <laughs> all the most obnoxious <laughs> nouns you can listen to. I love that segment, but I'm sure there's a ton of people that don't get the joke of it. They're just like, as Mike Dave is still in the room, just like cringing and <laughs> freaking out by it. Uh, but you, all right. So the couple episodes I listened to, you did the, the Chuck Klosterman. Yes. That's a uh, new segment on the, the show. Hypothetical. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> You were playing Guess Who. Yes. Where they weren't allowed. I've never played this way. I've never heard this before until this podcast. You weren't allowed to comment on appearance. Yeah. Like like the broad strokes of appearance, like brown hair, male, female. Yeah. So just so yeah, to give the listeners some perspective, Guess Who's a board game where you have like an illustrated character and there's 24 of them on the board and you get a character card and it's like 20 questions that they get to... Ask questions to try and figure out who your and by process of elimination you yeah. should be able to figure out. Yeah, and as a kid you're like, yeah, is your person old? Is your person a lady? You know, to like really like deduce it down. Yeah, and, uh, because in in that game, if you pick a female, <laughs> you're your odds to win are um, like, I mean, the other, the other person's odds to win because like you're putting down three fourths of the, the deck. Yeah, right there's away. only five women. Right, so <laughs> you it's a one in five chance that you're going to get on the next thing anyway. So yeah, uh, but you. But the rules that you have is you have to make a assum- you basically have to make assumptions about that person's character or proclivities, activities, what they like to do instead. Like yes. which is just insane to me. Like, oh, it's fun. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Thank it's a- you. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like yeah, pretty much anytime we do the well, we do the board games every episode, but whichever board game we play, we usually alter the rules in a way where 
it gives people a chance to be funny right. and like tell a story and kind of do a mad lib in a way. So, uh, yeah, that segment has worked out really well. Um, I read about that on BoardGameGeek.com. I am not a genius. Yeah. No, I give credit where credit's due. I did not come up with that myself. Some couple, like, posted in the Guess Who forum page, uh, like, oh, here's an alternate way we play, like, me and my wife. And I was like, that's gold. (laughs) Um I know that the internet is a place for obsessive stuff and stuff like that, but the fact that there's a forum for guess who, yeah, kind of bums me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's like a sub forum in a web of I'm, forums. I'm, I, of I'm, all I'm just games. picturing the awfulness that's happening around guess who. Like, oh, there's a battleship forum. Like, why do you need a battleship? For, like, what? What's the purpose? What's the need? Like, uh, I, I can't even like wrap my head around. But that's where you find these <laughs> diamonds in the rough. You find a dope way to play Guess Who that just like. <laughs> I've had so many guests like after like recording the show be like, "Dude, I can't believe Guess Who was that much fun. Like, <laughs> I want to go get a board so I can play it that way, like just at home." Yeah, I mean, and I mean, Guess Who's a pretty cheap thing. So like, you know, it's a classic board game. It's what like twelve bucks at Target or whatever. Like, Ooh, you actually can only get the kids' version of Target because I went scouring for boards <laughs> for the show. You can't find the guests. You have like, to go to Barnes and Noble in their board game section, and it's uh, like so it's gonna be thirty dollars there. Ah, I think it was like fifteen. Oh, they don't get you too bad. <laughs> don't look it up, Mike Dieva. <laughs> uh, um, all right, so the podcast has turned into a full website where you're posting. I was just about to word, use the word content. I almost threw up on my mouth. No, that's fine. I'm I a, hate the word content, personally. Uh, where you're posting articles. You, you have people that are posting and talking about food more and more. Like, where, where, Is that just the next evolution of the podcast to you? Like, uh, I think the po- I love where the podcast is now. I don't think it's... There was a time where I was getting like food experts on the show, and I like love those episodes, but mm-hmm. that's not like really my world or right. like my network so it's like i have those few gets but like i really just know a bunch of comedians so um uh you know food experts are totally welcome to be on the show i'd love to have them but it for now will always kind of be like a dinner party feel even when i have those people Mm -hmm. it'll never be like a a panel discussion where we like get super nerdy you're not getting into like the science of food with on brown like because also too, like at the end of the day, like Full Belly Laughs is supposed to be a parody of like Bon Appetit or like um, I can't remember the other one, but like there's the, some other yeah. like the Southern Cookings, the yeah, or the the one that's like in New York that I feel like always comes up when I search stuff. <laughs> but it's like we would do like <laughs> we would do like how to like melt butter and drink it as our like tasty thirty second video. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like so we never want to take ourselves too seriously, right? Right, because those tasty videos are, are awful, awful to me. I hate them so much. But I watch them all. <laughs> and I'm like, I love, what's genius about them is I'm like, oh, this video is only 30 seconds. I totally should be able to make this thing. And there's and like, absolutely no way you can do it. Somehow at 22 seconds, I'm like, oh, dude, fuck that. There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> it's like, make a chicken taco. Yeah. Nope, don't have that chicken. Like. <laughs> Completely, because forgets the point that you have to cut the chicken, like all that other like <laughs> extra steps that yeah. they, the oh, video is bowl of chicken right into the thing, like <laughs> yeah. The video is thirty seconds, <laughs> but it really takes six hours. Yeah, um, it's about I don't understand like those cooking shows, and I love cooking shows. Like I don't like Chopped. My favorite was Cutthroat Kitchen. 
Okay. I loved Cutthroat Kitchen and the fact that they're making a full meal uh, and, I, and I can debate about cuisine and all that, but like a full meal in 30 minutes is just like, yeah, no, I've that's always, not a thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I, it's funny. I've always liked Chopped and like Iron Chef's probably my favorite. Yeah. I'm really, I, I mean, before I got into comedy, I used to like be pretty competitive with like board games and card games and stuff. So like I love competition. So to me, like I just appreciate watching them battle. Right. So it's like, that's what, to me, what's nice about Chopped is it's like, I think they drag it out too much. Like I wish Chopped was like a half hour show. Right. It would literally be perfect if uh, it was 30 minutes. Because I don't care why you're doing that. Like, yeah, no, I don't need the story. I don't need your inspirational story no. of just cook the food. Just yeah. cook. Just use the kale. Come on, let's go. Like, yeah, I just want to see them throw down. And then, I mean, that's why I like Cutthroat because it's like, there is no inspirational. There is no, and it's like, hey, I'm going to screw you over right now. Like, I love that. Yeah. Cutthroat that's what's cool about Alton Brown's show. Yeah. He has one where like, I forget what it's called, but it's like, they're doing like quick fire challenges. Mm. And then like, while they're doing it, like they have like some amount of like, equity that they can trade away that, yeah, it's, and, that's cutthroat oh that is cutthroat, cutthroat kitchen, for some yeah. reason i thought cutthroat was like what's the gordon ramsay show then i don't care i don't like him i thought that that was uh, his no, show um, you know what i mean because it just sounded so like aggressive he's, <laughs> uh master chef and i guess like hell's kitchen hell's kitchen that's right the other one. Oh, but, i'm sorry I yeah, yeah cutthroat awesome. kitchen is my favorite yeah, thing that show is great and like the fact that you can like buy a sabotage and yeah oh, i love it yeah it's sweet it's, it's cool. so cool. Like, yes, someone should be able to make grilled cheese on an iron. Like, yeah, like, come on. Like, yeah, it's pretty rad. Like, it's a nice, it's a neat layer. But then me. I think about like, oh, like, my chicken nuggets are in the oven for 20 minutes because they're frozen. Like, that's, that's my first thought. It's like, I can't make anything in a half hour. <laughs> like, my Trader Joe's chicken nuggets take forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the website content. Uh, I like the word content. I hate it so much. Why do you hate it? I think it devalues everything. Devalues yeah. everything. Yeah. I, 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 ugh, I hate it so much. Like what someone said that like, oh, it, it makes me cringe. I hate it. Uh, I think people like uh, with a lot of things, they can use words that like the way they use it like, can irk me. But like I, I like content as like an umbrella word where it's like we can just talk about comedy. I, see, <laughs> I'm perfectly okay with just stuff. Like, yeah, okay. The stuff I put on stage is perfectly fine, but once you say content, it, it immediately makes uh, I don't like it. Yeah, it's just like that weird like top level. Like I hate it when people want to talk like uh, when they make assertions about comedy, yeah. but it's like it's so like sketch versus stand up versus podcast. Yeah, there's so, many. so vastly different. Uh, so it's like it's weird to like to your point. I think it's <laughs> weird to like make generalizations. Uh, all right, with with the website, you have a a group of people that are writing mm -hmm. and. How much is it like? What's the joke versus recommendation ratio to like? I would say like, what's the actual like real versus. Oh uh, yeah, uh, it's probably like ninety percent joke. It really depends on like the article. Mm -hmm. So uh, Alyssa Alduki put out like a great article recently that was like, it was something like seven cuisines you should enjoy before like they're banned from the country or something like that. <laughs> right. right. Um. So like it was obviously like. A, a, a huge blast against like the administration and everything but at the end of the day she was like legit recommending like cool places to eat right, in Philly you right. might not know about because they're that's like, like Iranian you have it's, it's a food and comedy website so how do people actually like 
and I don't think you're trying to be a critic necessarily, but like no, when you actually all. have something that you want people to to do, like, is there a bit of like snar- Like, are, have you ever had like a blowback of? No, because I think of a sincere recommendation becoming like a joke thing, or uh, no, I, I feel like I feel like that's like a weird example of the one I just used. Like mm-hmm. most of the time, our recommendations are about something silly. Okay, so it's like I wrote an article that was like the best takeout to eat while riding the bus. Okay. Or something, which is like a goofy situation, right. but it's like relatable. But always, everyone's been on that public transportation where someone's eating something awful. Yeah, that's like too like pungent yeah. or like messy. Yeah. Um. So like that's a way for me to like plug places that I, where I like their takeout, okay. but like in a funny context. Right. Right. Um. So that's like a good. So like an article that I'm like working on is like, uh, like restaurant like places in Philly that have like the worst water. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a pet peeve of mine like like i love sabrina's cafe i think okay. that place is incredible but they're they do not give me water fast enough for like how insane their portions are <laughs> uh like i'm like dying halfway through my like huevos rancheros like I, i'm like just bring a pitcher at this point uh so, yeah weird observations like that i try to and do. with the live show because you do a live show at fit mm-hmm. every month is it basically the same as the podcast like uh, it's a little, it was, it's, it's, yeah, it's, if you listen to the podcast, you can expect very similar things to mm. the live show. Uh, the big fundamental difference is we definitely get the audience involved. Okay. So like the guests that are on the show, pick someone in the audience to like play for. And we okay. All, so it's the, uh, the it's like the Douglas, Douglas movies. Yeah. It's the Douglas movies, uh, model model. Of, so right. we bring like a bunch of prizes and I always make sure there's at least one legit prize. So we have a ton of gag prizes. Yeah, Cause I was, I was, I remember the advertising for like the last show was like a Chromecast or something. Yeah, that's a decent prize. I think so. (laughs) For a a random comedy show at Fit on a Thursday night, like yeah, I mean most people in the audience have free tickets, so it's like even better. But uh, yeah, I mean tickets are only only five bucks for civilians because it's like a Thursday show. Absolutely. um, Yeah, we I usually try to give away a prize like that's usually like the budget for the show. So there's usually something like that you can count on, and um, you know we'll play like. If we play Guess Who, I'll give, like, my answer to yeah. their question, like, yes or no. But I'll, like, what we'll have behind the guests, we'll have, like, a slide the that actual is the character. So everyone in the audience can see it on, like, listening. And then, like, sense. I'll go to them be like, do you agree, yes or no? And when we play categories, like, they cheer for the answer that they want to get the point. Okay. Oh, so okay. it's, like, they're, they're, like, involved. All right. Um, you've dipped your toe into all the little portions of comedy you've done a little improv you've done stand-up you've tried out sketch a bit and podcasting um why do you do it uh i do it because i love to have a good time (laughs) i'm like one of these people where it's like it's very important to me to like do something for myself for fun before i go to bed because like i just might not wake up so (laughs) oh my gosh i know that sounds really grim but it's like i uh yeah i don't like everyone to just be like stuck doing crap i don't want to do all the time so it's like uh and i'm the kind of person that's always used like comedy to like get over like great pain and stuff so it's like i can find uh fun and funniness in a lot of things so yeah it's always been kind of like a part of my life so that's uh i'm glad to be taking it seriously and being involved in it and um it's been a long time coming that's like really my only regret is i should have probably started like 10 years ago yeah um and then You've done you've done everything. What's something that you've learned from comedy that you would pass on to someone just getting uh, started? Like whether you know, 
life lesson or hmm. practical comedy tip? Oh, well, they're different questions. Uh, so you I'll, can do I'll, both. I'll try. Can... I'll bestow what I'm thinking about. One, whatever wisdom you want to gleam and yeah, pass on. One thing that I've noticed that's been tough for me is, uh, I'm like, I feel like I'm a worse person now <laughs> for doing comedy <laughs> in like normal social settings. Okay. Because like, uh, and this just might be a personal problem, but like. I have like lower tolerance now for like civ- like jokes civilians do. <laughs> <laughs> so I I kind of gonna have to agree with you on that too. Like, yeah. So it's like it's like family gatherings are like more difficult now <laughs> because like my cousin isn't the funniest person I know anymore. <laughs> so like and like they seem you know what I mean. It's kind of like I I can't think of like a good metaphor but it's like yeah you could (laughs) it's like you might think the guy that plays piano at Reading Terminal is like literally the greatest pianist ever right until you actually like start playing yourself and you're like oh that guy just literally plays like the same three chords or something so uh that's like a weird runoff effect that just requires me to be a better person (laughs) um I think it's important to uh one thing I've learned in comedy is it's 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 literally like anything else like it's it may seem wonderful and amazing at first but like there's clicks just like any other world and it's totally random on like sometimes who gets what and yeah. what happens so it's like my best advice is just to kind of like uh you shouldn't do comedy because you want to be like rich and famous yeah just like that should never be your motivation for like anything cuz it'll just It'll it'll get less fun real fast. Yeah. Um, all right. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man. This is super fun. Brian's podcast, Full Belly Laughs, comes out every Tuesday, so subscribe and listen. Check out the website FullBellyLaughs.com for articles blending comedy and food. And he does a monthly live edition of Full Belly Laughs at Philly Improv Theater. The next one is June 8th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets are available at FitComedy.com. There will also be a live Full Belly Laughs during Philly Podfest July 23rd at 1 p.m. at Tattoo Moms. So go to his show, grab a late lunch, and then head a little west and see the live My First Sketch at 4.30. My First Sketch is a Philly Sketch Fest production. You can find out more information at phillysketchfest.com or on Twitter at phlsketchfest. Also, for more information about comedy in Philly, head to watercooler.com. The music on this episode is by the band Nono, which you can check out at nonoband.bandcamp.com. And of course, like my first sketch on Facebook. This is Josh Hyam. Thanks for listening. Go see some comedy.